Welcome to The Underperformers, where we believe you deserve to find purpose and passion in your career. For many though, work is mundane and meaningless. We know how discouraging it is to feel uncertain and unfulfilled. From manual labor to desk jobs, we've worked at multiple Fortune 500 companies. We invite you to learn from our successes and shortcomings to realize your worth and potential. You're not a failure. You're not alone. What does it mean to be an underperformer? You decide. Does work-life balance exist? That has been discussed and dissected and determined and debated in many a conversation throughout the world, in every industry, with every person, does it exist? And the crazy thing is that the opinions on it are like fascinating, right? Like like they're extreme. They're extreme. There are some people who say work-life balance is a fable. Like it is not a real thing. Like you, you have to work and you have to build company like so you can pay your bills. Like work is like, a priority, like big priority, like number one priority sometimes. Hmm. And there are other people who are like, you only work because you simply, you have to every, it comes, it comes after everything else. You just work though, because you need to have money to live outside of that work is nothing. And I think a majority of us are kind of somewhere in the middle yeah. <laughs> of, of work-life balance. Um, when you think of work-life balance, Phil, what do you, what comes to your brain? Um, that you, that work doesn't take over your whole life, that it doesn't dictate who you are, Mm. um, tell you when you can and can't do things or how it's being able to separate the two Mm. and live your life how you want. Mm. It's, uh, it's tough though. I don't know mm. if it's possible for every situation, mm. but I think it, I think because we want to be ourselves, we want to believe that it exists. Mm-hmm. And I think it does. But I don't know what I think it might look different for everybody. Mm. It's not the same. Cuz there's people who um live to work mm-hmm. and work is their life. Mm-hmm. They call mm-hmm. themselves workaholics. Mhm. And maybe other areas of their life suffer from mm-hmm. it, whether they realize it or not. Mm. Um, and other people, I think there's more people in the middle, like you're saying, that we just, we're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? What does it mean? How do you attain it? And it's really, a, to your point, a self-determined thing. Like, what what do you consider balance? Um, I know somebody personally who started a whole company about it's called balance. You know, it's about figuring out this idea of how to balance working and your life. Uh, you know, but I know people who their entire life is work. Like that's what they live to do is to go to work. That's where they find fulfillment. They, they Mm -hmm. find fulfillment at work and they believe that should be your focus. It, it's a difficult conversation because it really is self-determined. So some things to think and like think about here are, you know, we get caught up in trying to figure out and find this balance. Let's talk about some people who have it really rough, right? And let's just not talk about owners of companies or small, medium business companies. Let's talk about 
your people like your truck drivers who mm-hmm. are like very critical to our entire economy. <laughs> uh, my neighbor, he is a truck driver and he's got a wife and a couple young kids. And he's, I think for the, for like the month of September, he's gone, just gone like the entire of it. Right. Um, I think came home one or two days for a whole month. Oh my God. Just gone. And they're young. I mean, they're probably, I don't, I'm not sure how old they are, but just really young couple. And, and he's gone, but guess what? All the cargo and stuff he's pulling is like a necessity. So he's gone and they have found a way where they're okay with that lifestyle. Now, you know, we could talk about preference. Like, do they prefer him to be home? Sure. But like, according to the work he wants to be in and the life they want to live, this is kind of what they have to do. I also think of military people who go on deployments for six to 18 to 24 months and they just don't see their family or their kids. You know, they don't like that, but you know, that's what they're willing to do because they, you know, like to serve their country or they like the benefits, you know, that's a sacrifice they go through. So, um, honestly those, they probably don't prefer it, but they're like, this is what I have to do now. Uh, so let's remember the people in our lives that are gone a lot. Uh, but we need them in our society. Some people might have debates on military, you know, maybe we're also looking to autonomous solutions for truck driving, different things, but, just have empathy for people who can't just sit here and debate, oh, I would love to just work 32 hours and then be able to do what I want and make enough money to go on a trip every six weeks. Yeah, that's, that's for, not the reality. for No, for most people, right? And the disparity of the economic wealth, we were just talking about this a few minutes ago before the podcast, but it's just it's getting deeper and deeper. So let's be critical of those people. You know, we want to recognize them. At the same time, we need to recognize that there is enough information and evidence going on that employers need to realize that if they want better employees, they need to provide a lifestyle for their employees outside of work that can provide them to be more fulfilled in order to increase productivity, company culture, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I think that's the point. I think some people might argue that work-life balance does Work-life balance doesn't exist. Yeah, there's a lot of people because they're fulfilled in their work. Mm. Mm. They're happy with what they're doing. Hmm. And maybe your neighbor is driving truck, just hard work, mm-hmm. and a sacrifice to mm-hmm. be gone that long. I, I don't. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, only if I had to. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't make that choice. But if he f- finds that fulfilling, the sacrifice is worth it. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's it might not be on his mind as much as it is for other people who are hating their job mm. and pointing out all the things wrong with it, and they're they're not satisfied. It's just they're not fulfilled. So I wonder if that's the key difference there. Well, it probably is, right? So something I think about, like let's go down to Spencer's creative lane, right? His his imagination. I don't know if I want to go there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna shut off most of it. Go to one specific area. <laughs> oh, we're going. It's a safe space. Put that mouth away. Put that look I away. I can't breathe. Stop. I can't. I'm uncomfortable. Um. So, it's it's in a world where, um. So here's the thing. I love baseball. I love I love sports as a whole. I've always watched sports, but I really particularly like baseball. So the question would always be, you know, let's say you're good enough to get a contract to play professional sports. Guess what? All those guys are gone a ton, right? 
specifically baseball and basketball, hockey too, um, you know, golf and tennis as well. But cricket. Cri- I'm just gonna okay. Anyways, those guys. I mean, baseball has 162 games regular season and then the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So they're gone like all the time. So they, and now you can talk about bringing families with them on certain road trips and different things and they're home half that time, but like 82 plus games a year, they're on the road. Mm -hmm. They're gone. Uh, And that's at least 82 days, maybe like probably close to three plus months. They're on the road, you know, the year they're gone. Here's the thing though. If I was playing baseball, getting paid to play baseball and probably getting paid pretty well to play baseball, even if you're on the, the minimum wage you're making, close to probably close to a million dollars a year, um, you'd probably be okay with it. Or I would, I would probably be like, Hey, I know I'm going to be gone for a couple months out of the year, but I think I'm okay with that because I love this and it's providing family. We get an off season. We'll have money, flexible freedom with it. So in that regards, I'm like, I'd probably be okay being gone three plus months out of the year. Well, let's take a step back and let's say, okay, what if I'm in a job that I don't really love? You know, like, let's say it's, it's a sales job, which I'm, I don't mind sales. I actually appreciate it, but it's a sales job that I don't really have a lot of passion for and I don't feel super fulfilled. And then they're asking me to be gone for my family three months a year. Would that look the same? You know? Yeah, the same amount of time. Same amount of time. And now the pay is probably not equitable, but sales, some sales people can do really well. Yeah. Um, would I feel like the work-life balance is the same as if I'm playing professional baseball? And the answer is like, probably not. And I think everything has to do with the mindset of what you just said of, of fulfillment. You know, if, and, and my wife and I talk about this a lot where jobs that I feel fulfilled, they have hard, hard days, they have junk, but I'm fulfilled in it. I'm able to overcome it and I don't have to worry about it coming home with me. So, well, yeah, it's, it's all about perspective there. Now people are going to fight me on that professional sports thing for a lot of reasons, but the mindset is, is, you know, if, if you're doing what you're passionate about, would you be willing to give more time to that thing that you're doing? Yeah, I think if you're doing what you love, you're fulfilled, I think it can energize you. Mm-hmm. And, it, and mm. it carries over into your personal life. And mm. so th- the whole work-life thing might not even be on your mind at all. You're not even worried about it because you're just, you're happy all around. Yeah, and, and I think if, you know... So the, the other question you got to ask here about work-life balance that you hear a lot is leaving your work at work, right? So like leaving it there and coming home. Um, it's a, it's an interesting concept because I think sometimes we think, uh, well, not even think, I think in reality, you know, when I have, when I have had a work phone and I carry that around with me outside of work hours, it's still kind of with me. But when I've had a job or it was like nine to five in an office and then I don't have a computer, like I just, I leave it there that's easy to forget about work, even if you're not fulfilled. Um, so that's something to discuss about leaving your work at work, but you're right. When I've had jobs that I'm fulfilled, like I could be in the middle of work day and be able to just take a mental break and hang out with my kids. Cause it's like, yeah, I enjoy what I do. And I'm just taking a break as opposed to a job that I dread that the dread comes home. It's a lot harder to be present with my family or activities or hobbies that I have because it's still like has a placeholder. Like it's mm. still, it's still taking up place in my brain when other jobs that I enjoy don't seem to as much. I would say that's one of the most challenging things is trying mm. to, you know, you get home from a long day's work mm. and set that aside and not let it affect your family mm. and your relationships. How many of us take out all of our stress and frustrations out on our family? 
w w nobody I think means to. Mm -hmm. It's just, but if you just got that weighing you down mm -hmm. and it's constantly on your mind, it's so easy to do. And it's not fair to anybody either. Mm -hmm. I don't, I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know that about I me. I see right there. Yeah, it's right there yeah, behind your I shoulder. Probably go to a doctor. Yeah, it's probably an operation to fix that. But yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a problem. Yeah, sometimes. Actually, it can be. Um, I'm highly emotional, especially mm. for a dude. <laughs> um, which, yeah, if you want to get in traditional traditional gender roles and all that, we we won't dive yeah, into we that. Won't but about that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm highly emotional. Um, and so for me to separate, it's, it's not, I'm thinking out loud right now. It's not mm -hmm. so much balancing different, like, oh, I got work and here's my life. It's finding balance within each mm. aspect of my life mm. to even it all out. Not one thing with another, but finding balance within so that I'm not, you know, so up and down so much. Mm. Does that make any sense? It does. Um, well, I'm thinking about like different metrics on this scale because, you know, in my life I've been impoverished clo close to like poverty and other times I've done pretty okay. Um, when you talk about being balanced in each one, a, a big component is just basic needs. Uh, that's, it's an interesting conversation because I'm talking about money, right? So when you had a job that can pay you pretty well, um, to me in my balance of everything, I've been able to handle bigger concerns a little bit better when I know my needs are being met. Um, so I, I was a little bit more compensation at a time. Um, but even if you're getting compensated at a good rate, there's other things you got to balance. Like, well, how's your emotional stability, right? And like, how are you balancing that? Cause if you go to a job that just is beating the snot out of you emotionally, that balance, that, that ripple effect is going to come, probably come home. Right. Or, you know, if, if you're just frustrated, if you like you're, if you're bottling up your communication, um, you know, if you're just not having like your basic, your physical needs, as well as your mental needs, your emotional needs, then that balance will ripple. If you can find a way to, you know, keep that balanced in work, then you can find a way, better way to make sure that there's balance at home. But to me, it's usually one basic, like basic necessities for me to feel like a validated human being. If that's not being met at work, it's really hard to go home and reset and be like, oh, but I'm balanced at home, right? Does that make sense? It's, uh, we're talking a little abstract here today, but I think that's kind of what work-life balance is, is trying to dissect the different sections, the compartmentalizations of what does it mean to be balanced at work and to be balanced at home or your life outside of work. Yeah, it's, we go in, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. Well, I was actually thinking about that, believe it's, it or not. I do believe it. I was, I was tracking. There you um, go. There you go. I know things. Way to learn stuff. I smart. boy. <laughs> I smart. Um, yeah, it carries over because like your physiological needs, you know, you need a place to live, mm. you need clothes, you need food. And if your jobs, like you're, you work, to first of all, meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And if you're not making enough money to pay the bills and have what you need, you can't, mm. you can't be expected to progress mm -hmm. and advance 
and, you know, eventually reach self-actualization, I believe is what the term is. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> um, how, you can't reach that. So you need those needs to be met first mm-hmm. before you can even think about, you know, building the relationships at work and being a team player. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you got to have your needs met first. Well, and, and this is such a difficult conversation. What does it mean to have your needs met? Because everybody's needs are different. Mm. You know, it's really hard to be uniform. And this is how we're meeting your needs for you to live a good life. And, and then also, how do we meet your needs, but also have equality and fairness and realistic expectations set across the board, right? You bring in a couple candidates and they get hired, but their needs are all in different spots. What do you do as an employer to try to meet those? Now, in a perfect world, you would have a way to meet all of them. Um, but usually one of them will probably feel underpaid. One of them won't enjoy the job very much because, you know, it's not something that they enjoy or find fulfillment in. And maybe one of them is just like, you know what, I think I'm getting paid okay and the job's not too bad, so I'm just going to go about do it. That that content person will probably look like the top performer and the others will look like underperformers because they have needs not being met, mm-hmm. whether it's fulfillment in a job or pay or flexibility you know, whatever it is, like we understand you need to make sacrifices. The hard part is there's a lot of people who are going to hear this and think we're whining and we're complaining and that we're just making excuses and they would just like downpour negativity on us. Like you're spreading pessimism and commiserating and just all this stuff. And it's like, no, like this is a real life thing happening to millions of people that there <laughs> are needs not being met, that if we could just meet them, then everything would be better. I really think work-life balance goes back to just needs are not being met across in some way, shape, or form. Because when I meet people who are, feel all their needs are met, fulfillment in their job, feel like they have a safe spot at their company, they're they're okay with the company culture. Yes, there's fires. Yes, there's issues, um, but they just they're okay with solving them, and their needs are being met for them to go home and live the life they want. I generally don't think those people are underperformers or being labeled as such or viewed as such. I think those people. Are, are part of that 15% (laughs) that feel fulfilled. But I think a big majority of why the number of people unfulfilled with their jobs is this idea of that needs are not being met. We're using work-life balance as kind of the terminology. So what do you, so what do they do? What can they do? Well, I think leaders need to be empathetic, not sympathetic, empathetic, empathetic and pathetic. (laughs) Now, empathetic (laughs) to the situation and realize that those needs to be met need to be met before you can expect, you know, greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Some, some people can, they just put their head down and do their job and they don't complain <laughs> like we sound like we are, but well, they can, I mean, they obviously can compartmentalize emotions yeah. and, and they can remove emotions. That's a skill. From, it is a skill. And, and at times I feel like I've been able to do that where I've been able to remove the aspect of, Hey, I'm, this is like a really big deal, but I'm going to remove it and focus on the greater good of the company or what I'm doing, but it's still going to leak over. You know, it, I well, still, still, they're going to be concerns. I, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. Um, you need a plan to better your situation. Yeah, yeah. So if your needs aren't being met, uh, financially, um, first, because that's part of the meeting your phys- physiological needs, mm-hmm. a very basic level of survival. Mm-hmm. 
you either need to cut some things out of your life that are costing you extra money or you need to make more money. And you can seek that out with your current employer. And what we talked about in a previous episode was getting a plan, Mm -hmm. figuring out what the expectations are, what needs to happen within the company, and what do you need to do to earn more money, not, you know, there's no handouts. We're not asking for free money, money, please. Money, please. None of that. Um, But coming with a plan to earn that. And if you do all you can where you're at now and that's that's not the path, then what is it going to take to get you to the next level where your needs are met? And that could mean finding another job. It could mean adding more skills. Um, could mean a lot of things for different people, but you got to do something. You, you got to do something. And it's across with, I'm speaking of money here, but it's not just money, it's skills, but it's, it's usually easier to try to make more money than reduce your costs. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously if you're living like a lavish lifestyle, you get rid of the big things, but if you're just living on bare bones, right. And you're shopping at Walmart for food and you don't go out to mm-hmm. eat and you're still struggling. <sighs> that's a whole another ball game of like, well, I can only reduce my cost so much, so I need to increase it. Now, let me tell you this. I have worked two jobs at one time, multiple times. And when I was able to see that I could provide for like my situation monetarily, and I actually did enjoy both the jobs, um, my ability to perform at those jobs increased. Now, traditional people would say, if you have more than one job, you're not going to be focused enough to be good enough at one job, you know? You can't serve two masters. Like you're going to, you're going to struggle. It's going to be hard. You're not going to be that great. I call total BS on that. And I will fight somebody that I could do two jobs far better than one job. If that one job is not meeting basic needs, but I can have two jobs that help me meet all my needs. I will perform better at those two jobs than one job that I'm focused on. I'm very passionate about this because I've heard too many times. You can't be great at two jobs. Yes, I can. Okay. Stop it. And I think a lot of people are having to turn to that because they're struggling. So they're going to find something else. They're probably struggling to feel support from, you know, you know, the employer they're with, or maybe friends or family. Like you're going to stretch yourself. It's like, that's all I can do. But part of their plan is to better themselves. And you know, Mm -hmm. they have to do that. Like I need to go to school at night. We're okay with that. Sometimes you're gonna have to work a second job. Like they're just trying to better themselves and they're going to get everybody else out of the way so that they can own and determine it. And I promise you that will provide better employees. People are going to hear me promoting, it's okay to have two jobs. I, I believe it can make you better and they're going to disagree, but I have personal experience with it multiple times to confirm it can be a very positive experience. Would not recommend long-term working two jobs, but when you're trying to get to where you want to go and in the interim you have to do something, then you have to do something. Yeah, sacrifice. End, end quote. <laughs> end quote. We're, we're quoting that <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> we're going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Whatever you just said. <laughs> it's going to go all the way around the shirt. <laughs> it's like... It's like 500 words. We're going on the sleeves and everything. Woo! No, you got to do what you got to do mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be held back mm-hmm. from, from thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. It's not a sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are. Some people work like, like dogs yeah. and can be. Some of us, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But you never know unless you try. Mm-hmm. And you just got to do what you got to do. 
And that's about all we can suggest for work-life balance is, you know, see what basic needs you need met. If you, you know, decide what those are. If they're not, find a way to get them met. Um, try what you can. There are harsh contracts and laws out there for some employers that they integrate that may make it difficult, but you got to take care of you first because nobody else is going to do it. So yeah. um, define what you want your work-life balance to be and go get it. And that's our suggestion to you this week. So go ahead and leave a like, comment, subscribe, give us some reviews. Uh, let us know what we can talk about. We appreciate all you underperformers out there. We know you can perform better than you are. That's why we're here to support you. So until next time. Take care.